Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast is a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Concerning Him seeks to enrich Christians around the globe by educating and equipping them through various media. For more information about Emmaus, please visit Emmaus.edu. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Concerning Him podcast. Today, we are joined once again by Blake Long. Welcome, Blake. Hey, thanks for having me on. Excited to have you on. We had you on sometime last spring. I want to say April, maybe, maybe early May. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, something like that. Doesn't seem that long ago. It doesn't, but it, yeah, it was. we have a big conference here at Emmaus, and I remember talking to somebody about your episode at the conference, and that's at the end of May. So sometime before that. There you go. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't remember when it was. Thank you very much for coming on. Really excited. Um, last time I reached out to you, this time you reached out to me. It worked out really well. Um, I didn't even know. I, I remember in our conversation that you were talking about writing another book last time. Mm-hmm. So last time we had you on, uh, we had you on. We talked about your book, Gospel Smugness. Uh, great book. That was a great episode. Um, if you want to hear all about Blake and his backstory and and how the blog blew up and thinking WordPress was broken and all those types of things, <laughs> go ahead and listen to that podcast. We just titled the podcast Gospel Spunk This. Um, great, great episode. But yeah, we, we had you on, uh, talked about the book. And then this time, you know, you had mentioned that time that you were writing and this time you reached out to me and said, hey, mm-hmm. I've... Uh, I've mostly finished it. I've finished it, right? And it's it's coming out. This this episode should come out after it releases. Uh February first. Is that the plan? Is that yep, right? That's the plan. All right. I'm I yeah, that's uh excited to see that. So I've I got to read it. I really enjoyed it and, and happy to have you on and kinda talk through the book again. Uh sounds great. But maybe we'll before we even get there, how about how are how have you been doing, Blake? Man, I've been I've been well. Uh, a whole lot of writing has been involved, but you know, one of the things I've tried to do is make sure that this writing doesn't get in the way of family. I think mm-hmm. that oh, I got very excited about the first book. Uh, I wrote a little <laughs> bit too much during the day, and okay, um, I, I learned my lessons. But you know, other than that, I'm just I'm a dad, so I got my hands full all day with kids on the weekend. At least they're they're at daycare during the day on the week, but. Um, no, life's good. Good. Well, glad to hear that. Um, yeah, again, if you want to hear more about Blake and his backstory, we kind of covered all of that last time I had you on. I don't think we'll dive in too much into that today. I think we'll just sure. get right into the book today. Your your new book is called Taking No for an Answer. Um, and it's really, it's just a book about prayer. It's mm-hmm. kind of what it is, right? And that um, it, it was a wonderful book. So maybe we'll just start with what kind of caused you to want to write this book. Yeah. So the, the backstory of the book also came kind of, kind of the first with gospel smugness. It came from um, a blog I wrote, which was, you know, how, how we should respond when God says no, but the origination of the actual, you know, idea in my mind, uh, my wife and I had our first pregnancy into, <clears throat> excuse me, 2019. Um, and of course we were very excited um and i think she was officially in our i guess at least in our keeping track of it she was six weeks along and we were going to the hospital for the first ultrasound uh, so we were you know as any first-time parent would know 
that's a very exciting thing. Definitely outside of like hearing the heartbeat for the first time. Yeah. So we were very excited. Uh, we went and got into the parking lot and prayed. And, you know, though we didn't want to, we, we even prayed, you know, even if something goes wrong, uh, we, we pray that you, you guide us through it. And so as we viewed the ultrasound, you know, we, we couldn't see anything. And in my head, I'm going, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, you know, long story short with that, um, it wound up being a blighted ovum, um, which I, I guess now, medically speaking, that is a form of miscarriage. I didn't know that at the time. Hmm. Um, we were both planning to hear that she had had a miscarriage, that there was a baby and the baby passed away. But I guess medically speaking, there never was a baby. And so that was something we had to wrap our minds around um, and, and get through that. And so we looked back and we, we just, I kind of just noticed that God told us no. Mm. And of course, now we have two beautiful, precious little girls that we love very much that are wild and crazy and fun. Um, so he didn't say no outright, but he did say no, you know, not, not yet. And so that kind of just made me think of that. I know with my first book, it was very, very informative and a lot of lessons, but there wasn't a lot of personability to it. And so with this one, I kind of wanted to take a slightly different approach and kind of put my own story into it. And, and hopefully that that works out better for people and they can be more edified by it. So that's where it came from. Well, that and and that was something that really struck me is this was a much more personal book. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, that story that you just told takes up a good portion of your introduction. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but then even throughout there, you have you have different stories of different times in your life. And, and yep. you know, something I appreciate, I think everybody gets a little skeptical when the preacher gets up. And every story they tell is about themselves and it's positive, right? right? Oh, hey, yeah. look at this I great thing thoughts. I did. Look how good I'm, <laughs> well, I'm serving the Lord, those things. Right. And what I really appreciated about these is, is you're being very humble in the sense that you were like putting yourself out there of, hey, here's a time when I really wanted something. God said, no, mm -hmm. here's a time when I really wanted something and I shouldn't have wanted that thing. And I was sinning and here's all these things. And so you're telling stories, but in a way they're very relatable because they're things that we can reflect on and, and think exactly, you know, Oh yeah, I've had something similar to that story happen to me. And as you're kind of weaving your story in with, I would say maybe the, the topic of the chapter or whatever mm -hmm. uh, point that you're making at the time, it, it makes it much more personal, which I really appreciated um, and enjoyed reading. And, and I mentioned to you, I read it in, in just one sitting and I think that probably is what helped me read it in just one mm -hmm. sitting is kind of the way that it flowed. Um, so I appreciate that. I appreciate you being so open and, and kind of vulnerable in yeah. the writing of it. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious when you being very personal in it, how much are you consulting with your wife on these stories? Are you, <laughs> are you saying can, that's a great can, question? Can I put this in the book? Do you want to read it first? <laughs> so I know with, 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 I mean, with the introduction, I mean, it starts yeah. out with that most vulnerable story. Um, yeah, no, there was a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot of, but we, I, I certainly talked to her about it and made sure are you okay with this. You go with this terminology, all this stuff. There's some, you know, she read it one day. She was like, I don't remember this. And I said, I do. <laughs> so there's some things you don't remember. Some things I yeah. do, but no, I, I definitely got got her permission per se for that and there are other things gosh 
I'm trying to think of what else I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those things where I, I made sure that if, if anything involved her, that she was okay with it. And like even even her blog. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. I put, you did I put an entire blog of hers in there yeah. that um, is also over the Belighted Ovum story. Just it was one of those things where it's kind of, it kind of overlaps. It kind of tells the same details that I give from my perspective, but it also gives her perspective as a mother. Um, and so I think it's important. One of the stories that you tell in here, which does involve your wife, at least a little bit is a, a pastoral job that you wanted mm-hmm. um, and, and then didn't get. And yeah. um, that you, you mentioned that, I think you might've mentioned it in a couple of the chapters, but you kind of highlighted it a lot in, in the, the chapter lord forgive me subtitled mm-hmm. responding with repentance and you had a point in there about sinning in our prayer which i found fascinating um yeah and accurate totally accurate but not something we think we think about when we think about prayer and sin we often think about the sin of maybe not praying enough um right. and so it was it was helpful to be reading about sinning in our prayer wondering if you could unpack that a little bit yeah so i actually i remember as i wrote that the first time i told myself to tread lightly because i don't (laughs) want to overcorrect here um but the moment i thought about that i remember hearing a i either heard a sermon from him or read it in one of his books but tim keller one Mm -hmm. time not as it relates to prayer but he talked about how much people sin while they preach and so you take that i took that and talked about how you know we sin even while we pray mm-hmm. even with such a you know uh, communion with our holy father um so i tried to tread lightly and talk about the ways in which we can do that whether we're trying to pray to put on a show whether we're really uh, the the primary ways we pray with wrong motives yeah and the unfortunate thing is a lot of the times we don't see our own wrong motives. And so it's kind of one of the things where we even have to be in prayer about Lord show us what we're doing wrong here. Yeah. One, one of the things that I found really helpful about the book is that in some ways the book, and I don't actually, you have to forgive me. I don't remember if you outright name this, but in some ways, no, you think you do. You're, you're responding to a prosperity gospel, right. Um, Mm -hmm. Of prayer of, pray for it, name it, claim yeah. it, whatever. Um, somewhat, yeah. Yeah, somewhat in that, you know, going to prayer with the exception, the, the expectation, I mean, of I'm going to pray for something. There are these promises in the Bible that if you ask for it, the Lord will give it to us. And so I'm going to pray mm-hmm. and, and he's going to give it to me. Um, and yeah. then in, in other ways, you're you're kind of, so it's, it's, it's maybe like, okay, people with a prosperity gospel background or have been influenced in some ways could be helped by that. But then other people that, that haven't necessarily been impacted by that read this book and think I, I, even though I haven't been influenced by this prosperity gospel understanding of prayer, my prayer, I have all these expectations of God and I know that he might say no, but I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do when he's going to say no. I know that that's something that might happen. Um, I know that I'm not just going to get, everything that my sinful heart might want. And I know that God's plan is, is greater than mine and better than mine. And I can have all that understanding, but mm-hmm. when it actually comes down to it, just thinking about your story and the introduction and, and, and praying before you go in for the ultrasound, mm-hmm. what, 
how do you respond when God says no is is kind of the next step. And it can be way more difficult, I think, than, than we understand. Again, that's where your stories are are coming mm-hmm. in, in the making it very relatable and helping people think through it. Um, <clears throat> how did how much of this, I guess, had you really thought through and structured out in your personal life before you started writing it? And how much was kind of writing the book helping you figure all this stuff out, if that makes sense? Both. <laughs> um, I, can, I can at least think of one story. It's the one about the pastoral position. Yeah. And then I talk about it in the book. So when I wrote it, it, it wasn't as if as I was writing it, I was finally realizing this. No, I realized it the day it happened. And I think I, I talk about that in the book is, you know, I, I applied for this uh, pastoral position in my town. Um, and, you know, in my thinking, I'm like, oh, and this is just going to be the perfect thing. Mm. You know, this, this is too good not to be true. And so I was convinced that this is what God wanted me to do. Um, you know, and all of that. And they even invited me to preach on, 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 on a couple of occasions a couple of occasions and uh, <clears throat> they never really made mention of the fact that I had applied there. One member asked me if I had applied for the position and I said, yes. And he said, good. And that gave me somewhat hope. Yeah. Um, but, but no head person in charge made mention of it. And so there was one time, the last time I was there to preach, uh, one of the deacons got up and basically said, Hey, you know, after this has been maybe a month since they've advertised it. And he said, pray for us. We're having trouble finding any candidates for the pastor position. And, you know, I'm in my my head. I'm going, I'm right here. (laughs) I know there's at least two people that know I'm right here. Um, And so I went, uh, we got in the car after that. And I looked at Shell, my wife, and I was like, I don't know if you caught that, but I did. I'm just like going it's just not not the time not the place um even though i wanted it you know uh to me it was a um just a i don't know what you want to call it but god was basically slapping me in the face waking me up saying dude get it together you know i've been telling you no this whole time you you've been so concerned about what you want rather than what i think is best for you um and so it's kind of a humbling thing because i'm like going I'm right here, but apparently nobody wants me at this church. <laughs> so a little, uh, a little humbleness never, never does us any good or any bad. One of the things I appreciate about kind of how you structured the chapters um, is in a way you kind of give an example of the thought process order almost that makes sense in responding to no uh, responding to when the Lord is obviously telling us no to something. And and you conclude that with, after the 10th chapter, your conclusion, our good, his glory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted maybe to see if you could kind of talk through what you mean by that. Maybe yeah. give a little overview of that that idea, that, that chapter. So that is really, which is why it's at the conclusion. It's kind of the culmination of the whole book. Um, and it's, I, I try to intertwine that with chap- chapter nine, chapter 10, whatever the last chapter is on sanctification, because 
the funny thing is, as I'm writing the book, I'm realizing how I want this to end and how I want the main theme to be. Like, I want us to talk about unanswered prayer and how we respond to it. But as I'm as I'm writing, I'm realizing I want this to be about how God sanctifies us in the midst of unanswered prayer. And so at the end of it, I, I try to talk about how, you know, God's going to sanctify us through unanswered prayer. And that's why it's so important to not look so much as to why he did so, but how we can become more like a son in the process. And so in the end, we really have two things we have to think about. All of this, what happens, what, whatever it is, whether it's job loss, you don't get the promotion, somebody dies in a car accident, which just happened in our town. And so real people are going through this and it was an awful thing. Even for my wife and I, we didn't really know this person intimately, but we knew of her. And so even, even that is just one of those examples of, of why, but all of these things happen for our good in his glory. Now, what we define as good is not always going to be what God defines as good. You know, we, we will never define suffering as good, but God uses uh, our suffering for our own good, which in the end, um, I think you can make the biblical case that our good is simply to become more like Jesus. I think Romans eight twenty nine makes that pretty clear. And then even more so God's glory. Uh, I mean, above all else, what matters most is the glory of God. And so on a very practical level, how we respond to unanswered prayer, not only will either help us or not help us in our sanctification, um, it's also going to to show if we are looking to the glory of God and not our not our own glory. I, I appreciate it. Like you said, it does feel like the combination of the whole book. And I appreciated mm-hmm. that you tied that in there and that everything that you're writing in the book is true, but it also is it's coming out as like, okay, but the whole reason for all of this mm-hmm. is that God would be glorified. Right. <clears throat> and and our goal would, as Christians is to live our lives in the way that would result in God being glorified. Um, and even when we don't, we know that he will still glorify himself. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the whole purpose. Like, yeah, we want to take no well so we're not miserable. Sure. But mm-hmm. more important than that, we want to take no well yep. because we understand he's telling us no so that he will ultimately be glorified. And I really appreciated yeah. that. That's what I really, I think either the introduction or the first chapter I wanted to hit home is like, I, I, yeah, I want us to talk about the practical things of how we can respond to unanswered prayer because we all go through it. No one gets around it, um, no matter the intensity of it. Uh, so I, I want us to do that. But in, in the end, this book is not just about an unanswered prayer. It's about becoming closer to God. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't want us to just know about God. I want us to know God um, as Father. Well, related to that, can I? I'm going to quote you your own book, <laughs> but this is <laughs> this is from uh, chapter one. Uh, the The wider your Bible is open, the clearer your communication with Him will be. If your Bible habitually collects dust, you won't hear a peep from the Lord. That's not because He's not hearing you or speaking to you it's because you've stopped listening it's as if my wife went to another country for a year and wrote letters to me every day i would go to the mailbox to retrieve them but never open the envelope yet i grumbled whined and threw a fit because i believed she wasn't communicating with me the problem wasn't her but me 
I didn't take the time to open the envelope and read. I highlighted that when I hit it, um, when I read it in the book, when I got there. And that was just in the first chapter. And I didn't realize until I came back around, you know, the chapter isn't necessarily about reading scripture. The chapter is about prayer and, and mm-hmm. our response to, to how God answers our prayers. Yeah. But I, it, what you just said really did come across throughout the book, which was, again, this is about our relationship with the Lord, um, which has right. a huge, you know, how we understand and think about the scriptures. If you could take a minute to maybe talk about that, I'm sure it just massively impacts our, our prayer life massively impacts our, our relationship yeah. with him. No, absolutely. It, in the end, this impacts everything. It, it, impa- it impacts our walk with the Lord on a daily basis. Um, and as I was writing it, I'm trying to tell myself not to go too far in a di- different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of have to, to make a point, um, e- even with, you know, us responding to unanswered prayer by drawing closer, that's, that's uh it's kind of the whole point is mm-hmm. even through unanswered prayer we want to draw closer to him even in our pain and suffering and so yeah the point at least in that book is don't use unanswered prayer as an excuse to drift away or to neglect god or ignore god but use it as a way to come closer how do you do that you do it by the means of grace by by being saturated in the scriptures and and knowing how to read the bible not just like a newspaper but like a devotion um and, and you know when i first wrote that chapter i was going to have a you know a section of the means of grace on prayer hmm. but then i said well the whole book's on prayer so i skipped <laughs> over that um and just stuck to fasting and uh, local church fellowship, which both of those, you know, there are whole books on. And so you could talk forever about those topics. So I tried to make them pretty, pretty concise, but yeah, just at the end of the day, the, the, the whole point, the, the point I want readers to come away with is know your God more. And mm-hmm. so the closer you are with God and not just some mystical feeling, but you, you are assured um, that you are his child and, and, and you have that assurance. So when this does come, because it's not like it's not going to come, it's going to come when it does come. Um, it, it's going to be much more bearable. Yeah. I I really appreciate that, Blake. Um, kind of as we conclude here, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, like we talked about earlier, we're recording late. Uh, and uh, you you're, as you mentioned in the book, you get up early. Uh, five thirty is it most mornings? That's when the alarm goes off. That's, yeah, <laughs> I I understand that. Um, <laughs> what my I guess my question is, what's next for you? Any any other book plans? Uh, what what have your thoughts been? I have ideas, but I, I've told myself um, that once this goes out, I mean, I'm going to have to do the promotion of it. You know, this once again is self-published, not by choice, of course, but, um, it's self-published. So I'm going to have to do a lot more of these things and promote myself. And I don't know how long that's going to last of actively doing it. Mm -hmm. I've kind of laid off gospel smugness has been about a year and a half. Um, but I'm going to promote it. And outside of that, I'm going to, to continue to blog weekly, bi-weekly, whatever it is at my blog. Um, that's always going to be going. I, I won't really ever stop doing that. I enjoy that too much. But as as it pertains to writing books, I know I, I want to wait at the very least six months to a year before I really um, either put pen to paper or 
write a book proposal for one. Yeah. I have ideas in the brain. They're in my notes on my phone, but uh, <laughs> Great. I think I'm going to wait a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you staying up late tonight to uh, record this. And, and I, I appreciate the book. I really do. Uh, for those listening, uh, check, check it out. It's, it's a fantastic book. Taking no for an answer by Blake Long. Blake, what's going to be the best way for people to, to get access to the book? Best and easiest way will be Amazon. Amazon. That's, that's what it ends up being for almost everybody these days. It feels like, okay. Amazon. We will, uh, we'll make sure we put a link in the description to the podcast when we, when we post it. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast. Ministries like Concerning Him are possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.